This is the weekly update from the Distancify studio. What's going on, guys? <laughs> We are launching on Wednesday. That's oh, yeah. Fun. You're launching your first uh, project, Oscar. Yeah. How does that feel? Hell. <laughs> Four words. <laughs> Four letters, I mean. <laughs> yeah. But uh, for real, though, like, it is kind of your, your uh, maiden flight. It's a bit exciting. I don't know all the parts of it yet, but uh, for sure, there's going to be some troubles, maybe, some hot fixes that they need to go out fast. Yeah, yeah that's usually the case, especially when you're like, think there won't be any. Yeah, so <laughs> that's why I come with a mindset that there will be problems, and yeah. then I can just be happily surprised. Yeah, or unhappily have your uh, assumptions confirmed. Unhappily correct. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I'm not too worried. It's uh, since it's been sort of running in the production environment, even though it's like no taking yeah. no external uh, traffic, there shouldn't be any major surprises. But who knows? I think it's going to be all right. Yeah. The, the steps also involved in actually launching is not that many. It's uh, like change this configuration and we're done. Yeah. And uh, reconfigure the DNS. That's about it. Cool. I've been through worse releases. I believe. And you will. <laughs> and you will, will see worse oh, no. releases. <laughs> yeah. But it, it's it's good when you can split down the releases into smaller bits. I mean. I see releases a little bit like uh, putting a boat into water. I don't have a boat, but this is how I see it in my head. It's like a big release, a big boat, big splashes, big ripples. Um mm-hmm. And then a smaller boat, less ripples. So, and then you just expect the ripples. Yeah. But I, I think there's uh, one aspect of releasing software which interact with humans that you often forget. And the that's the human impact of those changes. Because the systems usually comes with some sort of process change. And it takes a while. Like we can deploy something in one minute. You know, uh, <laughs> we can do a lot of changes, you know, during a deploy. But getting the people who are working with the system to change their routines and their mindset and, you know, getting used to trust the system, that takes a much longer time. And um, that is something that is often kind of overlooked in some cases where... You think like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna deploy this. There's gonna be some bugs, but on like two days later, everything's gonna be cool. Except that it probably takes, you know, it could take up to a year for the organization to be sort of internalizing the 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 new the new system and the new processes. And um, that's uh, sometimes we run into that when we keep developing after a big deploy or after like a big project launch or right. whatever. And we're like, okay, now let's build all the other features that we thought about. And and then it's like, we can do it, but the organization can't receive it. It's like trying to like push the changes onto someone who doesn't have time to to actually receive it. We had this problem back in back in the uh, the stay hard days, uh, where we built so many new features that nobody actually used. <laughs> yeah, I have a story about that. It was uh, one Black Friday. <laughs> One Black Friday. Oh no, yeah, but um, and then the, we, we had should put on some. We should put on some uh, 
some background uh, music, you know, like uh, suspenseful uh, yeah, music yeah. Yeah. in post. Yeah. Here it comes. Okay, it's the uh, story. Yeah, but it was one Black, Black Friday. Friday. It was raining, I believe. Uh, no, but anyway, uh, I it was, was, it was the November person who, who was on call uh, for uh, that time. And uh, we had uh, performance issues, which is not good, especially when it like makes the website go down during Black Friday. Right. And uh, I went through like all the recent commits. I uh, couldn't find anything that I have done that could have caused this. And I also, and I started doing um, tracing on the machine or profiling, I mean, uh, using uh, yeah, the .NET profile tool. I don't remember the name right now, but so I, and I found, I uh, traced it back to a feature that we developed like a year before that they didn't really use before that. And then it, it was just a cache issue. So I, I built a cache and then I deployed that on Black Friday and the site started working again. So it was not a big deal, but it was really hard to find that problem because, yeah, as you said, they never got to the point where they started using the tools right. yeah. until then. And then it was like, yeah. Uh, so even if the feature was technically correct, did what it's supposed to do, in this case it was a... It was a performance issue. Yeah, it was um, related it was, to some tags and they were calculated all the time when the result could just be cached. Okay. And so that's what I did. I just went in and cached them. Yeah, but that, that actually brings up another issue. Uh, sudden, <laughs> sudden changes in behavior that you're not aware about can also come up. Like when you have an incident, it's um, really important to quickly get a sort of situational awareness where, okay, what did just happen because it might not be obvious from the logs. Like sometimes you have a problem and it's like, yeah, we have 40,000 errors in the log and they all point to the same problem, right? Yep. Pretty easy to find. But sometimes it's just that the system, apparently you started behaving weird. And then it, if you have a system with 30 plus users that are just in doing stuff, you have never really seen or talked to or anything. And one of those agents <laughs> or actors started doing something that you didn't expect. That can also bring very interesting problems. So it's important that you see not just the errors, but also the uh, behavior, especially like on a website, if you have 100,000 visitors. Uh, in this what? case, I could also add that the traffic was coming from an SMS sent out to a huge list of recipients. And also the landing page used about 500 of these uncached tags. So, Ooh, yeah, nice. it was like a real punch in the face. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. can relate to that with having a dormant feature and then suddenly it starts being used and then all the problems arise way later. Yeah, Because when I started here, some of my first assignments were to make blocks for Vinga, which they recently started testing. Yeah. They've only seen the demos and seen like the mockups which they made for them, but never seen them in action. And now when they see them in action, then comes the real feedback. Then they're like, oh, yeah. I'm not happy with this. I don't want it to be like this. And I'm like, well, that was six months ago, but okay. <laughs> but I mean, it yeah. takes time sometimes. If you don't, if you have an idea and you haven't based your idea around some actual content, just fake content that you make up. Yeah. Uh, then it takes a while to get to that point where you actually can use the new components that you have built. That's why it's 
it's yeah. much better to yeah, be I the, mean, uh, the even if you even if you do exploratory testing, even if it's a customer themselves do exploratory testing before release, you know it takes a special kind of mind <laughs> to test things properly, because what you do is like you you just go in, add some imaginary content, and you're like, okay, it looks kind of good, I guess. And then you start adding actual content and then you start to start to break it down. So it's a tricky problem to address with the process alone. It's like, yeah, we need more testing. But who's going to do the testing? Like, who's going to know what need we will have in the future? It's really hard. And, and one thing which you can do is actually not build stuff until you need them. Sounds kind of obvious, but it actually isn't. <laughs> like... If you're reliable in your estimates, you don't need to build stuff three months in advance. It's only if you're like, we don't think we're going to make this when we say we're going to make this, so we're building it six months in advance just in case. <laughs> you know, And then you just have created a new problem for yourself. But doesn't that come with an issue when everything has the same date? I want everything this day. Obviously, yeah. I can't make <clears throat> everything the day before, so you have to queue it up. Yeah, Yeah, if you're doing a big big launch, then you will run into that problem. Right. Um, but it's, uh, you know, there's, you can do a lot with just being a little tactical in about how you go about creating things and you, you want to make sure you build the features in the right order. And if you can, try to split it into smaller pieces, smaller um, deployments. Um, Even in a big project, you still need to fill the system with data and that needs to be done in a certain order. You probably build those features first and then they come with the data. So you, you actually do implement some uh, features and then you add the data for those features yeah. and then you do some. So you right. still do that even though the actual deploy is bigger. But you don't, like our job, we put everything out at the same time. But they, uh, the content creators, they have to do their job ahead of time. Yeah. And that's when the features should be built. Yeah. This all boils down to the lean methodology or way of thinking if you think about it it's like and the thing with lean is people look at it and say yeah that's all obvious and then they go and do the complete opposite right. <laughs> like there's so much truth into you know avoiding a batching for example like don't don't do everything in large batches and don't you know don't optimize for resource um what do you call it like uh, you know don't don't optimize for utilization of your resources but rather focus on delivering value right instead of the problem with big batches when you're doing development at the same time is that if you are doing something wrong you're doing something wrong a lot of times before realizing that it is wrong it's like the classic like car manufacturing example is you're drilling a hole for a screw and then you're doing that for 500,000 cars and then you realize that oh shit we should have made the hole one centimeter to the right. So now we have to, you know, take the 500,000 cars back and <laughs> re-drill them. And this is kind of what Toyota figured out. It's like, okay, uh, we drill one hole and then we put the screw in and see if it fits. And if it doesn't, we pause the whole pipeline and make sure we do the hole in the right place. That we're building one car at a time-ish that actually works rather than building, you know, 50 cars in parallel where, where they all going to share the same faults. And eventually you're going to be so, so even if you do, like, in theory, you do lose time when you do that because you're not optimizing. But in the end, since you will end up with having no faults, 
uh, you will actually be faster, even though each individual step is slower. Uh, that's the whole um, idea. And also, behind. you might not end up where you thought you were going to begin with. True. You might end up with a different car. Yeah. <laughs> a like, boat. Yeah. A boat. <laughs> yeah. 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 But it's, um, there's a lot of um, wisdom in, in that, and it goes against all your intuition. So um, you'd think that by now everybody understands these concepts, but uh, I don't think all too many people do. And especially it's like, even if you do understand the principle, being able to uphold that principle in a stressful situation is not something that you have to be really convinced. Like, you know, we have to release this tomorrow. Being able to uphold these principles when you can like, start to do shortcuts and you can see that, okay, maybe we can do it faster if we're just batching or whatever. And then you fail because you start doing mistakes instead. That's, um, yeah. I, a lot of business leaders do not understand those principles well enough that they can actually uphold them in a stressful situation. Yeah. it's. I just can't stop thinking about testing right now because it's the same yeah. thing. It's like, Oh, but I just changed this and it will be so quick to just manually test this. And then I change it and then it's like, I should have written a test for this. And oh, now I need to tweak it a bit. Okay. But it's so fast to just test it manually. And then it's like, oh, so much time could have been saved if I just wrote the unit tests for this. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you, it's like you think it's counterintuitive. Like you no. think it's the same mistake like uh, mentally you're making. It's not the same concept where like batching versus non-batching. No, no, it's just the but thing. But it's the same you, human sort yeah, of... Yeah, you think uh, that, yeah, but it, this will be faster. Yeah, exactly. And then you do that and then like after the third time or fourth time or 20th time that yeah. you manually test this thing, you are like, I was so stupid, but now I'm pot committed. So now I, <laughs> I will not write this test because I just need to yeah. test it one more time manually. Yeah, there's only one... One more time. Yeah, like, one more time. Only this time one more I time. Get it. This it's time like we, when yeah. you find yourself saying that, it's probably time to go to, to bed. Go, <laughs> yeah, or just write that. So I've, I've ruined so many nights just thinking, um, just one. I'm almost there. I've always pinpointed this problem. Yeah. I'm just going to fix it now. I'm just going to do it one five more, more cycle. Minutes. Yeah, five more minutes. And then it's like, oops, four hours later. Yeah. And, and then it's uh, like, oh, I should get up in two hours. I should probably just don't, yeah, not go to sleep. <laughs> if I go to sleep now, yeah. I will be a fucking mess tomorrow. Yeah. So I'm just not going to go. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, that happens. I've actually become better at that. To think to myself that if I go to bed now, I can go up early and then I will get, you know, either I take two hours now or I take, or I go up two hours earlier tomorrow and those two hours that I spend in the morning, I will be, you know, more rested and fresh. So maybe two hours now is only work cost me 30 minutes tomorrow because I will, you know, and then what usually happens is I go to bed and I sleep on it and then I wake up with the solution. I like those two hours that I could have wasted last night turns into five minutes this morning because I woke up with the solution. Yeah, even if you don't go up two hours early. Exactly. Like you <laughs> don't even have to do it. Yeah, you get Just four hours more sleep. <laughs> Yeah, that's such a life hack. That go to bed. Yeah, but it's when you're in the zone, it's, uh, you know, you lose track of time. So you kind of like have to have egg timer or something that wakes you up and say, time to go to bed. 
Yeah. What do you say, Vlad? Yeah. Do you have this problem? Mm, not really. <laughs> oh I yeah. Write my test. I, I forgot. My... I forgot, Vlad. You not, you never create bugs. No, I do create bugs. Okay. Just that. Uh, you should be closer to your microphone if you want to yeah, hear you. Yeah. Maybe. Okay. So you don't. You do create bugs. Yeah, of course. What do you do about them? Yeah, I find them. Hopefully, before anyone else finds them. That's the secret. <laughs> okay. So you are actually arguing to not go to bed and to stay up all night and fix the bugs. I would say that rather I'm uh, pro sleeping and waking up a little early to find them before anyone else finds them in before they wake up and find yeah, them. Okay, right. Yeah. I'm just trying to get a conflict going here, but if you want a conflict, you can just ask Oscar. Oscar, do you think you should go to bed? No. No. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Yes. Finally, <laughs> someone who disagrees. But um, I feel like I have this tendency of going to work early so I can fix stuff that I was supposed to do yesterday before anybody finds out that I didn't do them yesterday. Ah, okay. How does that work? For It you? actually works. Okay. It feels like I'm adding to yesterday. Yeah. If it's before the morning meeting for some reason. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, everything that happens up until the stand-up exactly. happened It, yesterday. Exactly. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, but I case. can relate to that too. Yeah. yeah, it's like sometimes it's like I have this thing, but I can do that in the morning before the meeting and then it will be done at the stand-up. Exactly. And then it's like, yeah, the plan is intact. So what did you do this morning? Yeah, non- <laughs> not <laughs> I just business. came in. I just came in yeah. five minutes you ago. Friday night? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But if you don't sleep, then it's, you know, then it's still Friday. That's true though. <laughs> yeah, I remember that back in the... Uh, Last year, when we uh, when we crunched, <laughs> wanted to release uh, Revolution Race. You know, I figured that if I don't sleep, I can make this this day be at least forty eight hours, no problem. I think I maxed out at thirty six. Thirty six was the longest day. The trick to add hours But, to twenty four hour day. <laughs> yeah, don't sleep. it was like it's still Tuesday, right? No, it's Thursday. Oh wait. <laughs> So, yeah, that, but that doesn't work. I, you, you can do that for a few days, but yeah, it's not a long-term solution to uh, productivity. <laughs> I'll just sleep next year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's uh, one strategy you can use when in a pinch. I feel like there will be some sort of pinch on Wednesday mm. for the release. Yeah, we'll see. I don't believe There's always something. Always no. something. This release is different from the simple fact that most of the system is already working. Like I remember when we deployed RevRace, we had to deploy everything at once. The order management system, the, the PLP, the product page, the everything basically. But here, the order management system is already working. Everything is tested against production data. With RevRace, we had to basically get all of it not too long before deploy. And uh, yeah, I think it's going to go. Yeah, I think overall it's going to be... Uh, Fairly smooth ride compared to what it could be. But there is always like, oh, we didn't think about this product that nobody... There's always those like, oh, what happens in this particular case? It's uh, like the case recently where I realized, oh, they will have products that are variants of the same base product, but they belong to different categories. Mm, yeah, exactly. That Those are the kind of gotchas that could come up during uh, a launch like this. Yeah. And it depends on on the project and the dignity of the project. Like if we were launching Perseverance, <laughs> you know, towards Mars, 
we would probably go about having a little bit of a different quality assurance process. But for this project, the risk is fairly low and the whatever problem there is will probably be fixed within, you know, five to ten minutes of discovery. So you you kind of lay the plan based on those circumstances. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's like when you get a carpenter, I think. Like you can pay fixed price, but you will pay a premium or you can pay by the hour. And if you're launching a rocket, you want the fixed price. You want to like take all the time that you need to make sure that that rocket won't blow up because, yeah, it's bad. But otherwise, you can take a little bit less time and save some of that like money but it's time in this <laughs> shave off my, some testing yeah, but you, you know, but I mean you can you don't need to make sure as much because it's so you can it's much yeah. cheaper to fix it afterwards because you instead of trying to predict any way that this can go wrong you just make sure that we do not get stuck somewhere we don't make something that we cannot get out from like like um, some yeah. big <clears throat> problem yeah you can always send a patch yeah, but I mean, Down. it depends. Like, if if it's a like store uh, front end bug, you you can fix those. Uh, like, may but maybe you don't want to send all the order data to Dev Null because that's mm. <laughs> that's a bad. Like, you can't get that back. Should you just call every customer, be, ask them to make the order again? It doesn't work. Yeah, um, yeah, but it's uh, this is um this is also an interesting topic. Like, because it's it's easy to produce that guarantee or like a process that can basically guarantee success. But it's a cost-benefit analysis all the time. And uh, I think we have a process which we, where we, where we like, okay, we're not cutting certain aspects of the process. Like there should be clear specifications. Every behavior should be tested, but there we could always, you could always do more exploratory testing. You could always do, could have, you can build up test environments that exactly matches the production environment. Uh, you can you you can do a lot of things, but then for different in different projects, you have different possibilities, kind of. Because okay, uh, let's say we want to make sure that we don't run into any environment-related issues. Okay, then we need a staging environment with you know five plus servers that just sits there and heat up a server rack <laughs> uh, most of the time and are you willing to pay for that you know or would you rather ignore that possibility and go into production with the risk of there being some sort of incompatibility which you can probably fix in five minutes yeah and we this will is- also think about that when we develop so we will not like build for one single uh, server deployment yeah. just because we but don't it- have a test environment I have a story around this this uh, this concept of of taking in the context when you do like because a lot of people just do risk or sort of like they only do half of the work in a in a in a sort of cost benefit analysis situation or risk analysis and uh, I worked with a client once and they were like they were so concerned of the fact that they didn't have for this particular configuration that they were going to send in to production, they didn't have a staging environment where they could like easily test it out. And um, they were so concerned on this. It was like a major deal breaker to them uh, until they realized that the actual cost of making a mistake is like five seconds 
of fixing it. So in their minds, they were like, okay, may, what if we launch this new configuration and the website goes down? And then we'll be like, then we'll, in their minds, like anytime they did that in the past, in the current system, it, that would be like a, you know, eight hour outage. So this was, it was a lot of discussion until I realized that that is their perspective. And I told them, it's like, if you do send in a broken configuration, I just revert to the old one it will, and you will be, you know, it will be semi-broken for five seconds. And then they were like, oh, oh, in that case, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Right. We could just test it because it was not life critical system. Now, I wouldn't do that with, let's say, a ventilator for someone in an ICU. You know, wouldn't just randomly t- press some buttons and see what happens. And then, oh, shit, it stopped working. You know, that's not a good strategy, but this was an e-commerce website and five seconds of, let's say, the search doesn't working properly wasn't that big of a deal. So in that case, you didn't need a staging environment. But in, in some cultures, these things become very dogmatic and you stop to think about why are we doing these things? So you always have to question the process and uh, does it make sense in every context? And I think we sort of like jokingly usually refer to that as enterprise software. They tend to be very dogmatic in, in their approach. And usually like for good reasons. There's, there's been a legitimate case for when this was needed, but the reason was somewhere forgotten and now you're just doing it because, you know, it says so in the process description or, you know, it's just a policy. This is how we do it. Nobody knows why. <laughs> and... Um, that is something to keep in mind to kind of reevaluate as well. So for this launch, mm-hmm. we've taken a sort of a pretty um, loose, there's a very loose process around it, I'd say, because it fits for this project. Other projects would require a different approach. So, you know, it's very up to situation. Well, that's the fun part of it, actually, of uh, this entire uh E-commerce business, every, it seems like every solution is kind of unique in its own sense. They don't get bored by just, you know, oh, same process all over again. Of course, you <laughs> yeah. couldn't do that, but... Uh, I, I talked to a guy once. Uh, I won't uh, dox anyone, uh, <laughs> but uh, I talked to a guy once who's been working in e-commerce for many years, going back to like mail ordering systems, and he was so tired of creating another checkout. So... <laughs> So he was like, I only want to work with backend integrations now. I never want to work with frontend again because frontend for him, which just meant recreating, redesigning the checkout once again. And he hated that. <laughs> because like it was like... at this company. <laughs> no, he was not at this company. Uh, <laughs> but it was, uh, it was like so interesting. He was spending 10 years rebuilding checkout and it was like, doesn't make any difference. Like every year, every two years, there's some new... UX designer, customer experience person wants to redesign the checkout and it never actually makes any difference. <laughs> and that's, um, uh, yeah, he was really tired of it. And, um, but I think that's kind of what um, sort of the, the prejudice is against e-commerce. Uh, and I think a lot of developers are in that situation where they like, all they're doing all day is just launching another Shopify, <laughs> you know, creating another template or whatever. But if you dig a little bit deeper, and like what we do is so much more than that. And it has uh, parts of a lot of different pieces. Like, there's, yes, there's the front-end code. And if you like front-end and, you know, visual interaction, there's, you can go really deep into that. But if you like 
you know, if you're into data science or algorithms and, and statistical analysis and AI and those kind of things, there's that whole leg. Like you could do so much in that area. If you're into logistics and processes and or order management or that part, you have that leg as well. Like there's a lot of different areas where you can work and, um, you know, mobile applications, web browser, optimizing the front end is also something that's become a thing. Uh, recently, it's like the the front end has a back end. <laughs> there's a right. there's an application running in the browser, uh, while it used to be you know some server just sending off static code to to a browser, and now there's a whole application there as well with multiple layers, and there's a lot of stuff. So as a developer, I think e-commerce is a really interesting business to be in or industry to be in because it has all of these problems combined. And when you combine all of those, you create a lot of value, which uh, is obviously great if you're trying to run a business, <laughs> because then you can make money. Yeah, you can you can stay the same way, do MVC forever, or you can break the loop and try out new things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Become yourself better. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I think a lot of people, a lot of developers coming out, they think you're like, okay, what, what am I going to do, you know? There's a lot of buzz around, you know, you, you both have games as in traditional computer games, console games. A lot of people probably think that's a really cool area to be in, and it probably is. And then you have all the gambling industry where there's a lot of money going around and you have fintech, or financial tech, um, which are doing a lot of cool things. But I think e-commerce, the interesting part with e-commerce is that it has aspects of all of these other industries all combined into one. But you can make it into like, yeah, it's all about creating another WordPress template or you can build something different. And that's what we're trying to do is like, what can we build that nobody has built before? And then we'll try to pursue that. Like, how yeah, can it's we... like you build your own stack. You depend, yeah. yeah, yeah. If you take, like, I don't, I'm not too familiar with all these other platforms. So I'm just going to, say that when you use Shopify, you just put a face on it. Like, pretty much. And then that's where you put yourself. So you get that up, you get that top layer. That's all you get to play with. And yeah. then maybe some uh, plugins using some JavaScript libraries, like you put widgets on from other services. That's what you do. Yeah. Or you can like, yeah, pick a bigger piece of the stack and take responsibility for it. And then you get more playroom. Yeah, definitely. And as I said, like, games while being sort of that's probably the one uh, industry where you can see the least overlap if you look at a fintech it's like yeah we're pushing we're pushing a lot of transactions we're pushing a lot of financially you know the, the, the systems we build they have a lot in common in their nature of how they operate as other sort of financial systems uh, because it's a lot about transactions and not like you know, dropping the stuff. <laughs> like you have to have a really high uh, reliability and you have high volume of traffic. And then you have the whole like AI is getting, like the e-commerce is, because the problem is if you, have a, if you have an e-commerce and you have a lot of traffic, there's no way that you can optimize for your customers being like, you know, you have 30, 30 people or 50 people working in the marketing department. They can only do so much. They only have so many hours. And then you have a hundred thousand or a few hundred thousand customers, you know, 
you have to start simplifying that problem. Or you can use AI or various um, statistical analysis to start to optimize and work with these systems a lot smarter. So, because what you want to do if you is if if you're a marketer or working in sales in general, you want to work with the strategy and the tactics. But you don't want to work with you know doing boring tasks of um, copying values back and forth in Excel all day. Like that, that's what the computer can do for you. And um, yeah, because if you do that manually, you're very limited to how much you can do. I mean, yeah, because if you sit and do that, you don't do anything else. You're yeah. busy. Yeah, you want to be uh, puppet master. Y- yeah, exactly. Yeah, but you you want to work at a sort of high level where you can see the systems interacting with the customers, uh, but not necessarily be the person doing the work because the computer can do the work for you. But yeah, I think it's um, it's an underestimated industry in terms of what developers think. And I think there's a lot of people in e-commerce as well who are only doing what you said, Limlom. It's like they're only creating another template for, <laughs> for a pre-made system and they don't really know how the integration works or how the transactions are flowing or any of the interesting bits or even hosting. Yeah, I mean, hosting and uh, content delivery. Yeah. Like, Everything in between there. Yeah. Like we work with all kinds of different database technologies. We work with... Uh, Edge computing. <laughs> we yeah. do have it. I mean, uh, yeah. Um, we put um, as much as we can on the client and when we can't put it there, we put it on a worker and if we can't put it there, we put it on the server. Yeah. That's the worst worst. Uh, yeah, case. we don't want to do too much work. Yeah, we're trying to... <laughs> Distri- delegated we're to the client. We're working really hard to not work hard. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. All right. Any other words or wisdoms? Eat fruits. Eat fruit. Vlad, what's your tip of the week? Coffee helps. No. <laughs> <laughs> Stay uncaffeinated. Uncaffeinated. What's that you have on the table there in front of you? Do we have some Water. kind of mute button okay. for his <laughs> mic? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there is Don't one. Do drugs. Yeah. But it's easier to edit it out in post. Yeah. yeah. Keep this. All right, Limblom. Parting advice. Yeah. yeah. Partying advice. Yeah, parting advice. No, I mean, it's uh, take care of yourself because <laughs> when you're injured... <laughs> It's not fun. Don't, don't work injured. <laughs> Take care of yourself, yeah. people. Yeah. Yeah. Very profound words of wisdom there from everybody. We need to work on the outros. But uh, yeah, let's uh, wrap up this and uh, see you in a week or two. <gasps> Play the applause. Mm. I got electrocuted. I, I got this static uh, thing. I got loaded and then I touched my lip against the microphone and I got a jolt. Okay. So now you're even more injured. Yeah. (laughs) Bye-bye.